0: Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous A Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Christy and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Wednesday, May 15th. Today we are reading from the big book and we are at page 14, second full paragraph. These were revolutionary. Today's readers are Michelle, Kim, Sharon, and Fran. The reference number for Tuesday, May 14th, is 4452. That's 4452. The OA Preamble, Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. This meeting's primary purpose is to abstain, to recover from compulsive overeating, and to carry this message of recovery to those who still suffer.
1: Thank you, Christy. Good morning. This is Rose, Recovered Compulsive Overeater in New York. The 12 Steps. 1. We admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. 2. Came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. 3. Made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood Him. Four. Made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. 5. Admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. 6. Were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. 7. Humbly asked Him to remove our shortcomings. 8. to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood Him, praying only for knowledge of His will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we try to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you, and I pass.
0: Thank you, Rose. I will now ask Margaret Kaye to read the 12 traditions, please.
2: Good morning, Christy. Good morning, Vision. For you, this is Margaret, recovered in South Jersey. Uh, One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Seven, every OA group wants to be fully self-supporting declining outside contributions. Eight, O-Readers Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA is such what never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten. O-Readers Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name would never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before
0: personalities.
3: Thank you NPS.
0: Thank you, Margaret. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book. We are on page 14, the second full paragraph, starting with, these were revolutionary. And I will ask Michelle to begin reading, please.
4: Good morning, Christy. Good morning, Vision For You. This is Michelle H., a recovered compulsive overeater in Missouri. These were revolutionary and drastic proposals. But the moment I fully accepted them, the effect was electric. There was a sense of victory, followed by such a peace and serenity as I had never known. There was utter confidence. I felt lifted up as though the great clean wind of a mountaintop blew through and through. God comes to most men gradually, but his impact on me was sudden and profound. And I'm going to start with that first sentence. These were revolutionary and drastic proposals. That first phrase, um, what are, um, what's he talking about? These are revolutionary and drastic proposals. Um, well, it's the paragraphs before. It's the um, it's the steps that he took um, that he's just described that he's gone through. And, um, you know, Bill's telling his story, and he's, um, he knows that, you know, a sick mind um, like a compulsive overeater like mine is going to be reading this book And after reading these proposals and hearing about the destruction of self-centeredness and um, that I'm going to, um, my mind is going to think these are pretty drastic and these are revolutionary. Um, Why? Because that's not the way I have been thinking. My sick mind would certainly not think that the way that I am going to be helped is that I'm going to take people that I have felt resentments against against, and I've built these resentments um, piece by piece because I have felt hurt, and I'm going to turn them around, and I'm going to make a list and say that I've hurt them. Um, I'm going to take a list and say that I've hurt these people and that I'm going to have entire willingness to approach them and admit where I've been wrong, Um, because, you know, when I'm reading um, Bill's story and I'm on step one, um, you know, my mind is going to have a tendency to. You know, snapshot on that idea. Uh, My mind is sick. I'm wanting to think they've hurt me, um, and dwell on that the negativity of the hurt and the pain, and not seeing that um, that this is a way out for me. Um, And also, you know, it. Why? Excuse me. um, And I'm going to pray for other people, and the and I'm not going to ask for anything for myself when I have spent, you know, an entire. Lifetime praying for things for myself, praying for happiness for me, um, trying to find that peace and serenity, not knowing how to find it. And I've been selfish. I haven't been thinking of others. So these are going to, to seem quite drastic to me. And um, I, in the beginning, yeah, I'm going to balk at these. And I'm going to think, you know, there's got to be a different way. Um, and, you know, then but Bill says, but... But, okay, you may think these are drastic, but let me tell you, the moment that I fully accepted them, the effect that, that I had, Bill says, was electric. And, and what is that feeling of electric that he had? He had a sense of victory followed by peace and serenity that he'd never known. And who was to know that surrender would bring a sense of victory? Because in my mind, a sense of victory only came when I won a battle, When I fought all the harder, who knew that if I would surrender, as I'm asked to surrender in these steps, that that's when the sense of victory would come. That's when the peace and serenity would come, not when I was was fighting everything and everyone and fighting the food, trying to stop eating. Um, But yet then food seemed to be my only solution to, to bring me that ease and comfort, but never did it bring me peace and serenity. It brought me maybe ease and comfort for a while until the anesthetic wore off, but I never got peace. I never got that serenity that Bill is describing here that he had never known. Well, the same happened for me. I I am working these steps and finally fully accepting them, fully accepting them. What does that take? That takes going through this process, starting with step one, admitting that I'm powerless, admitting that this is a battle I cannot win, admitting complete defeat, um, being able to embrace that light, um, that light of dawn that comes only after the darkness of that defeat of feeling hopelessness and taking that first step, admitting I'm powerless, and then progressing through the steps, progressing through all these steps, um, that's, when, that's when the victory will be there. Um, and, and I love that phrase, common sense would thus become uncommon sense, because my common sense were, were based on my experiences, that you know, I had to be right because it made sense to me. That's my common sense. And I'm, I'm being asked to embrace un, what I think is uncommon sense. It seems uncommon sense to me that someone who I have felt deeply hurt by, I'm going to look at them and I'm going to see, oh, how did I hurt them? How did I step on their toes? Um, what do I need to do to make amends to make things right with them? Because that's what my new thinking, that new God consciousness is directing me to do, to see where I need to make amends. And that's where that victory comes. That's where I'm going to feel lifted up. And I just want to say that there's, you know, this, these are proposals. These are drastic proposals that I now do fully accept and embrace on a daily basis. If I, um, if I want that peace and serenity, stay close to God and do the things that, that, will, that are promised here um, in these steps, and that is that peace and serenity, that victory, that ease that I had never known before, And I have that opportunity. Um, You know, I've only been abstinent since um, October of 2010, and each day I ask God to direct my thinking. Each day I go, I I try to get closer to him through prayer and meditation, and he continues to reveal things to me. And I just want to share that I've had another feeling of this sense of uh, victory and peace and serenity um, continue to build in me as I continue to, Uh, take on these drastic proposals, which now I fully accept. And I had an opportunity just a couple weeks ago when God revealed to me during a meditation there was something I needed to make right with one of my sisters that I hadn't seen before. I still was blinded to it, still felt a sense of tension um, um, with my sister in relationship, although it's long distance, usually by phone. And God showed me where I needed to make amends to her for a time in 2010 during my dad's funeral that I was disrespectful to her and her feelings based on my self-centeredness, based on what I thought was common sense of that feeling, well, this is the right way to do it, and this makes sense to me. It makes total common sense to me that this is the right way to do it. This is this is what it looks like to be a grieving family of four sisters and disrespectful, uncaring, unloving of what it might mean to her. And I was, I, you know, God put it on my heart and I felt that discomfort, and God just directed me. I asked for his guidance in words and picked up the phone and talked to my sister. And, you know, I saw where I had hurt her. And, indeed, she said, yes, it had. And we were able to um, talk and have an honest, open communication. And I tell you, there came a sense of victory and a peace and serenity in that relationship that I had not known. And these continue to work for me on a daily basis. And although in the beginning they seemed drastic and revolutionary, when the moment I fully accepted them and can, could embrace them and follow the good order of the directions as given in this big book, the, this promise of peace and serenity continues to happen for me uh, one day at a time. Thanks for letting me share. I'll pass.
0: Thank you, Michelle. Who else would like to share on this paragraph? Rose? Rose, go ahead.
1: Thank you, Christy. Um, This is Rose, Recovered, Compulsive Overeater. And (coughs) as Michelle was talking, um, some of these, uh, she really brought out the highlights here. But the uh, paragraph before says, simple but not easy. A price had to be paid. And then what we read, these were revolutionary and drastic proposals. But the moment I fully accepted them, the effect was electric, and when we were first reading it here, I just completed my fifth step, <clears throat> excuse me, in in March, in early March. And um, after, as I say it, I say it ne- being neither ashamed nor proud, but for 39 years I did not surrender. I was, in a way, unsurrendered, unsurrendered to these drastic proposals, which were revolutionary for me. They interfered with my self-will. They interfered with um, a disease I wasn't educated to that I was living in and pointing my finger at everyone else for all the misery in my life. And there was a sense of victory followed by such a peace and serenity as I had never, never, never known. And that is what um, literally happened to me in March, where I had um, given my fifth step to another person and to God and told things I swore silently to myself that would never be told. and um, And the effect was electric on me. The effect was electric on me in that light came in during the process of the fifth step. And since then, I will add, um, some of the things are happening to me, what um, Michelle just mentioned as well, where um, things are shown to me about myself. But it's a daily practice of these revolutionary and drastic proposals. My sponsor said over and over, the real work will begin once I'm up to where I am right now in my ninth step, that this is where the real and ongoing work will begin. And as was said in the previous paragraph, it's simple but not easy. And for me, a price has to be paid daily. But it's a price that is, uh, the way this paragraph we're reading, um, it's a price of surrendering that brings about being available to God, um, that never would have happened. In every self-will mechanism I have in my body, um, self-seeking, looking to derive pleasure out of every ounce of life, it wouldn't have happened ever, ever, except for doing the exact opposite, which are the instructions in this book, to give up, and it started with giving up the way i wanted to eat like a pig and when that surrender took place may 1st last year that's when the doors opened and um god almighty this uh, this though <laughs> this meeting pro- is providing such a um oh i don't have the word for it to describe how powerful the reading of these paragraphs, what the people on this meeting is doing. So with that, I'll pass. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Rose. Who else would like to share on this paragraph? Monica. Monica, go ahead, please.
5: Good morning. Good morning, everyone. My name is Monica, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. So what are we reading here in this paragraph here? These were revolutionary. They were extreme. An extreme change here, revolutionary, an extreme change, and drastic proposals, drastic, extreme, severe, or radical in nature. And what are proposals? Suggestions. So these were extreme and, and severe and change suggestions, but, but, and there's that but, you know, there's a change after that. The moment I fully accepted him, the effect was electric. So what is Bill telling us here in his paragraph? He is describing to us his spiritual experience. Bill had a sudden spiritual experience, and that's what he's telling us here. This is how he felt. You know, God bopped him over the head. He had the big shining light. Um, and... um You know, he was 39 years old when this happened and he never had another drink after that. But you know, for most of us, we would love to have this big shining white light bop on the head happen to us. But for the majority of us, it's going to be a spiritual awakening. It is slow. It is a process. It's a little bit at a time. But either way, there's no denying that however it comes to you, there is no doubt in your mind that there is a power greater than you and there is something that's working in your life and doing for you what you could never do before and with that i pass
0: thank you monica anyone else like to share on this paragraph You need to press star one to unmute your phone.
6: Hi, this is Kathy in Boston, Nashville. Sure, Kathy, go ahead. Thank you, Christy. Good morning, my fellows. This is Kathy. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. And um I this last sentence, God comes to most men. Gradually. That phrase is one I want to highlight because for me, uh, my experience has been a very slow and gradual um, growing awareness of the presence of God in my life. And um, it's really all the continuous sharing of people on Vision for You that uh, has fed my faith. and encouraged me to keep practicing and uh keep uh connecting with my higher power even when I wasn't sure there was a higher power in my life um that over time what I saw was I started to miss my quiet time if I didn't take it and my gut, my uh, day would not go as well when I didn't take my quiet time and that was a very Um, gradual indicator to me that something happened when I took the quiet time and I said my prayers and I sat and listened uh, that I came to know as the presence of God in my life. And today, um, you know, at the first sign of discomfort, I'll find a place to sit quietly I've learned how to do that and I've experienced the benefits of doing that. Um, so for me, it's been an entirely gradual process and I'm not even sure I would have labeled it as such except because of coming to these meetings and hearing all of your shares. And with that, I pass.
0: Thank you, Kathy. This is Christy and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. and. Um, You know, I just, I love this part here that says the moment we fully accepted them, the effect was electric. And, you know, I'm going to put this in the context of just my own personal recovery. And the first part of the first step, we admitted we were powerless over food. Um, the minute I said, I am powerless over food, not even the second part of the first step, you know, and that our life was unmanageable, I just said, I am powerless over food. I am powerless over food. I am powerless over food. That was it for me. That was it for me. The effect of admitting that to myself was electric. That I finally said, that I finally said, I, I can't do this anymore. I can't do this anymore. I've tried to throw every, you know, every idea I could possibly think at, uh, think of, every idea I could think of, every kind of food plan you could ever possibly imagine. You know, I made up my own food plan, made up my own food plan, uh, that I was going to follow and, uh, I couldn't follow it. My own food plan that I created just for me, just for Christy. I could not follow it. I could not follow it. And you know what? I did that over and over and over again. I did that over and over and over again. You know, it wasn't that someone else, a nutritionist or a dietitian or a doctor, said, "Here, Christy, here's here's a food plan." Um, Follow it. It was me creating my own food plan, my own way of eating, my own way of living, life. and um, you know, I finally just said, I, I'm, "I can't do this. I can't do this. My way isn't working. My way isn't working. I am powerless over food. That's where it started for me. That's where it started for me. And um, what I did is I asked for help. I asked for help from someone in whom the problem had been solved. And it was someone who was abstinent. That was all I needed was someone who was abstinent. And um, I, I asked this particular person to sponsor me, and she said, call me you know, in the morning and let me know what you're going to eat. And that's what I did. That's what I did. And uh, what happened is that I ate exactly what I said I was going to eat. I didn't, I didn't try to call the shots that day. I didn't try to mix it up a little bit. I didn't try to throw any of my you know, grand ideas into the scheme of the day. I just called my food in, and then I ate it. That was it. It was that simple. And the next morning when I called my sponsor at an appointed time, um, she said, do the same thing again today. And that was it, one day at a time, on September 9th of 2001. That's how my life began. And, uh, you know, I was absolutely blown away that I actually followed through on something I said I was going to do. And that's how it started for me. That's how it started for me. And, and, you know, if that wasn't evidence of, a a God in my life, a higher power, a spirit of the universe, you know, nothing was. Because I I couldn't have done that, I, I mean, to save me. There's just no way. There's no way. You know, you might as well have told me to build a rocket ship and fly to Mars. Because the fact that I actually did something I said I was going to do, you know, I mean, it just was amazing, absolutely amazing. And uh, it saved my life. It completely changed my life from that day, from that day, September 9th of 2001. uh, Completely changed my life. And uh, I'm just so grateful that I got to the point where I said, I'm powerless over food. And uh, that was all I needed to begin. And with that, I'll pass. Is there anyone else who would like to share on this paragraph?
7: This is Nancy. This I'll is
0: like Sharon. Nancy and then Sharon. Nancy, go ahead.
7: Thank you. Good morning, everybody. Uh, Nancy here, Grateful, Recovered, Compulsible Reader in Lewiston, Idaho. Um, I, I can so relate to this paragraph. These are revolutionary. And in my big book, I wrote Radical Extreme because um, I've had um, studies where we looked up lots of words that are in the big book and i've heard somebody else share about that it's extreme and drastic proposals i remember the first time i read the steps i went <clears throat> some of them i went
5: oh
6: yeah i can do
7: that but boy when i got to some of them, my first thought do you think it was oh i can't wait to do that one No, mine was i ain't doing that you know i mean that was like digging my heels into the dirt i ain't doing that and um but I kept coming back, obviously, cause here I am today. And it, it took what it took. But um, I'm going to jump ahead to that last sentence. God comes to most men gradually, but his impact on me was sudden and profound. I have experienced both. My journey, mostly, has been gradual. But I had um, a spiritual experience that was can be described as nothing but sudden and profound. And what happened was... Um, The pastor of my church, who well used to be um, many years ago, he had a special prayer service with me to quit smoking. I had struggled and struggled and struggled to quit smoking, and I just couldn't do it. And so, um, and it worked. It was an amazing experience. And um, I was at the very bottom with my food. I was 375 pounds. I was, I hated who I was physically. I was, it was just, I was ready to just give up. I didn't know what to do. And I thought, man, he had that prayer for me, for my smoking. I wonder if it would work for my food. And at this time, you have to understand, I had never heard of um, O.A. And so I went to him and I asked him. And and him and his wife did this very special prayer service one afternoon after church. And um, I... After that prayer service, I mean, he prayed and his wife prayed and then I prayed and all I could do was sob. I was sobbing and all I said is, God, I can't do this. Uh, I, I believe you can. Please help me. Well, what was that? That was one, two, and three, a mini version of one, two, and three right there. But I can tell you the effect after that prayer was sudden and profound. And for two weeks, I felt like God had come down and given me a hug personal to me. I could not even talk about it without beginning to sob to other people. I would try to explain what I experienced and I couldn't. I would just start sobbing. And um, I ate like a normal person. I didn't even think about binging. I didn't even think about... um, I just did it. And I thought, oh my gosh. I mean, I really believed that God had zapped me well. And I went about um, my day, or my days, and it was just, an amazing experience and then horror of all horrors i ate again and i thought oh my god what happened and um what came to me slowly within the next week was that god had given me a glimpse of what life could be like in recovery but i had some work to do now granted i believe god could have zapped me clean but i had more work more to learn I, many lessons that I would have missed that are very valuable to my, to my life today had I not done the work I needed to do. And so I was introduced to OA and it took some time. I fought it, you know, that digging in the heels in the ground. That's me. I'm stubborn as they come. I'm selfish. I'm self-centered. I'm egotistical.
6: And, um,
7: the thought, these drastic and revolutionary proposals, are you kidding me? I'm going to go to people I've harmed and tell them I'm sorry. I'm going to do this on a regular basis. I'm going to, boy, howdy, today, yes, I do. And it's hard. And I won't go into it because it's kind of a long story, but last week when I was at uh, my mom's for the week for Mother's Day and my sister came, you know, my sister and I had a battle. And I had to deal with an elderly aunt who is not doing well. She's She's dying, and my mom wanted us to go talk about her will with her attorney. And so there was emotional things charged. Plus, I had a tiff with a friend of mine. It was just like I felt attacked all of a sudden. And I did not act like a person who has had um, this spiritual experience. But thank God for the people in this program who helped me walk through it. I did those drastic and revolutionary things that I said I would never do. And I cleaned up my side of the street, even though my character defects, I wanted to be right. I wanted to be right. But that's not what I've learned. I have learned that I have to do these drastic things in order to keep this sense of peace and serenity which I have found through working this steps of O Readers Anonymous. And um, I'm so grateful. if uh, you're still like me and you're digging your heels in the dirt, let, let go just for a little bit and let God do for you what at least this Composable Reader was not able to do for herself. And the results will be the same for you as for Bill. Maybe not sudden and profound, but it will happen. We are promised that it will happen. We will recover. And the big book says that. So thank you for letting me share, and I hope you all have a fantastic day.
0: Thank you, Nancy. Sharon, go ahead.
8: This is Sharon. I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you, Christy, and good morning to all. God comes to most men gradually, but his impact on me was sudden and profound. We've, uh, Perhaps other people have already said what I, I'd like to point out, but it just strikes me here that at 39, Bill had gone through. I mean, he had gone through the ringer. He had... He had gone to his bottom many, many times, and the bottom kept getting lower and lower and lower. And really, how much longer could he have kept going before he got a wet brain, in other words, before there was no coming out because his body physically was destroyed? So although God came suddenly and the impact, the impact was sudden and profound. The the whole, God comes to us in a way of making us of maximum usefulness to to God and to others. So the way God comes to us is going to be in a way that is going to help maximize what we're able to do, what we're able to give back. So Bill, God came to him. The impact was sudden and profound because of the work that Bill was going to be doing. I mean, not to say that God doesn't come to any of us in a profound way, but this is what was needed for that time and for the work that god had for bill to do so there's two points that i'm making here first of all that all of our process what we we go through work to get to the point of receiving god to get to the point of letting go of our self-centeredness it is hard work to be a compulsive overeater and then to get up in the morning and go right back at that again so that is that is work, and that it's a gradual process. Every day that we're compulsive overeating is a day that we're getting positioned to surrender to God. Now, how do we speed that process up? We speed that process up by stepping into it by making a decision that we're going to agree with God that we're going to accept God's way that we're going to give up our self-centeredness that at that point a different process begins that's this process God comes to men gradually so that profound work of, that's also profound, but it's a gradual process of us awakening to God in our lives. So we we each day can be a day that we can fall on our knees and surrender to God and begin the process of recovering, of moving beyond ourselves, of getting out of self-centeredness. We don't need to continue to stay in the misery, in in the downward spiral. We don't sit around and wait for this profound and sudden awakening. We don't sit and wait until we can feel or sense God. We each day accept that God is there whether we see God or not. The God of our understanding, even if we don't understand or not, There is a presence that is known by experience, maybe not our own personal experience, but the experience of others. So each day we can begin that work of moving forward, of moving upward, and we can stop the spiral downward by making a decision to begin to follow this program of action. To the best of our ability, this moment, this 24 hours, letting go of the past and grabbing hold of the present and moving into the future, into the awareness that you are loved, you are cared for, you are needed. We have a purpose, just like Bill had a purpose. There's a plan for our lives. There is a need for us. And we can begin that process right now by making a decision, by simply making a decision in this moment that we're going to accept that there's a God in our lives and we're going to grab hold of that and we're going to make a decision that food is no longer our master, that God is our master we're going to grab hold of every resource possible, resources in, the, in, in this phone meeting, the resources within this 12-step program, and reaching out to each other. We can recover, and we can begin that gradual process of recovery right now. And with that, I pass.
0: Thank you, Sharon. Let's move on to the next paragraph. And actually, Kim, would you please read the next two paragraphs for us? Sure. Sure.
3: For a moment, I was alarmed and called my friend, the doctor, to to ask if I were still sane. He listened in wonder as I talked. Finally, he shook his head, saying, something has happened to you. I don't understand, but you better hang on to it. Anything is better than the way you were. The good doctor now sees many men who have such experiences. He knows that they are real. And good morning, my fellows. My name is Kim G. And I am a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey. Anything is better than the way you were. You know, for years, for years in OA, what I would do is I would go to enough meetings and I would do the tools until the pain decreased enough. And then I would go back and do whatever I wanted. So that's why when I worked this OA program as if it was a diet program and I measured my success by how much weight I lost, I measured my success by my abstinence. I was destined to go back to the food because I had a twofold disease, an allergy of the body, an obsession of the mind. And I spent years, years only dealing with the allergy of the body. So all I would do is just treat this disease with abstinence. And I thought if I went to enough meetings, if I did enough tools, I could chase that beast away. I can chase it away. and I never could. I never could. I had to recognize I was beyond human aid. And human aid meant meetings weren't going to keep me absent. Tools weren't going to keep me abstinent. Sponsors weren't going to keep me abstinent. Now, those things are important, but they're important because they're, they are tools in order to get us towards the step. So well, I can have a hammer and a screwdriver and a wrench sitting on a table, but what do they mean unless I know what I'm building. And until I knew what I was building, I wasn't able to get anywhere. So what was different after 15 years in LA, having periods of absence and picking up, and periods of absence and picking up, and anything is better than the way you were, how could I be different? Well, when I totally submitted to this revolutionary and drastic proposal, how was that different? Well, I spent years Facing the food and running away from it. Facing the food and running away from it. And when I submitted, fully accepted these revolutionary and drastic proposals, what I did was I put the food down 100%. I faced the solution and I ran towards it. I stopped facing the problem and running away and I started facing the solution and running towards it. And when that happened, something was different. Just the same way Dr. Silkworth saw that something was different in Bill. People I've I've known for years in a way would be like, Kim, something's different. I don't know what's going on with you. You are a different person. Nothing to do with my weight. My reaction to life was different. My ability to handle the ups and downs of life was different. So what I'm going to do now is I'm going to hang on to that. I'm going to continue to live this life, this design for living, Instead of what I used to do, which was wait till the pain decreased enough and go back and do whatever I wanted, and with that I pass.
0: Thank you, Kim. Who else would like to share on this paragraph
9: or these two paragraphs?
10: This is Laura. Laura, go ahead. Yeah. Hello. My name is Laura. I'm a compulsive eater. And, um, oh gosh, do I love this. I was at an OA retreat just a couple weeks ago, and the whole focus was on the first priority in my life is my abstinence. And everything I do today is uh, to uh, my abstinence, and what comes second as my priority is everything else. And I just... um, I I like this where it says, you know, that what has happened to me, I don't even understand. And I often have felt like that. I mean, so much of my life, you know, over 50 years was of uh, just running from events, running from fears, running uh, from anger, hurt feelings, running from my family. And I ran 500 miles from them and um, just ran and isolated and ate and they were the only tools I had and it wasn't until I worked this program that I was able to get a family it wasn't able until that nine step where I was able to first for the first time talk to my sisters and then since then you know um, boy we sure have our struggles even today you know I'm in one right now again with my Three sisters, but you know, I know I have these steps, and I know what I'm going to do. I first, if my abstinence comes first, and I get to work these steps around it. And I just really appreciate having new tools, new ways of working things that I never had before. Uh, where the only thing that I knew to do before was to run, and not even acknowledge what they were going through. And at my family's, my mother's funeral a year ago, uh, of course things come up. And I remember my aunt said to me, she said, you turned, you turned on a dime to go along with the others. And, And I was able to do that. And I still can't believe that that happened. And it only happened from working these steps. And I, I get to see that when I go to meetings, too. It's a small town I live in, so the people, I see the same people. I've been seeing them for years here, and I get to see how they're changing. And um, we're ha- we're happy people. It's We're not a glum lot. And I was a pretty glum lot before this. I was depressed, I was angry, and I was afraid. And to see that change, it's been only by working these steps. And I am just so grateful that Bill, in finding this, he continued to work this by putting this on paper and giving me the tools that I need to do it. Um, So with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Laura. Who else would like
0: to
9: share on these two paragraphs
0: You need to press star one to unmute your phone.
9: Hi, this, this is, is Mary Lou. This is Katie.
0: Uh, uh, Mary Lou, is it?
9: Okay. Yeah, Yeah. go
0: go okay. ahead, and then I'll catch the other folks when you're done.
9: Oh, okay, good morning. This is Mary Lou, recovering compulsive eater um, in California. I was <laughs> were reading these two paragraphs, and for a moment I was alarmed. And I called my friend, the doctor, to ask him if I was still. <laughs> this is so funny because I, I, I my sponsor now. Uh, I called him yesterday because <laughs> I mean I've been in twelve steps AA since I was twenty eight, got sober, and and then I went and got abstinent in another food program that's a little more um, anyway into food plans. And uh, you know, I, I just I keep coming here, and I don't mean to sound victimy or dumb or whatever, like, but I I didn't know. I didn't know, I didn't know that people were doing, I mean, enough berating and beating myself up about, about uh, not, you know, not doing the big book and not taking the steps through the big book. I mean, I guess I can do that till the cows come home, but the truth is I come here because I want to put down the burritos. I come here because I don't want the, I, I don't want the raisinettes. I don't want to live in a 300 pound body fat and crazy. I get up at four in the morning so I could, because I want to live. Like I like myself and I don't mean that in an arrogant, pink cloud way. I really love life and I love myself and I love God. And you guys come here every day and you show me how to live through these steps. And, and I have a recovered sponsor and he says to me yesterday, I called a lot from a stinky, stinky, hot, crowded bus in California. It's a hundred degrees and the bus was air conditioning wasn't working really good. And I'm, I can't stop crying, you know, and I'm I'm working the big book with him and and uh, he's the most loving man ever, you know, and and I'm doing it totally different than I was doing it when I was in really rigid food plan programs, and I, we're doing it different. I send him my food plan once, and I've been done with once, and to not own self be true. For the rest of the time, I mean, I weigh and measure, but I don't call it in, and I'm like, I'd never lived like this, but whatever he's got, I want it. He's got umpteen years of sobriety in the food, and he's got hundreds and hundreds of pounds of weight loss. So I'm going to do whatever he tells me. And if he says he doesn't want to hear my food, okay, time for, time for me to be a big grown-up lady. Been through psychoanalysis, been through psychotherapy. Feel pretty strong in my center. I think I can be to thine own self true with my, you know, with my food and my no sugar, no flour, no quantity. Well, I'm on the bus and it's crowded and stinky, and there's a man, you know, his armpits are in my face, and what does it have to do with uh, sanity, and something has happened to you, I don't understand, but you had better hang on to it. Well, I cannot, my tears are just, I'm so full of joy. The tears are flowing everywhere I look, I see the beauty of God. Everywhere I look, I see God's, everywhere I look, I see just, my heart is filled with love and compassion for I don't care who it is. And I have to put my sunglasses on. I call him. I text him. And I said, something's going on. And I didn't know we were going to read this today. I'm like, something's going on. I, I, I think I need a pill or something. I, I, <laughs> I
6: can't.
9: I mean, this is like little tears are falling down my, because I am so full of joy. And they're not like sad, weird tears. It's just an awe of this big book, in awe of this program in awe of the fact that, guess what? I found a solution here that's bigger than my disease. It's bigger than my disease. It's bigger than growing up in a dysfunctional family with abuses that shouldn't have been done to me. It's bigger than my alcoholic father who beat my mother. It's none of those circumstances made me a compulsive eater. And he said, Mary, you didn't cause it. You can't control it. You can't cure it. And the tears flowed down my face because I was full of self-blame. And I get here, and you tell me I have a solution. I'm sorry. I'm not a masochist. I don't like. I want to live. I want to live. And I know that about myself. I'm done being a fat little victim. So I come here, and I'm having this experience, and he says to me, He texts me back and forth for an hour. I mean, he's a very busy person. He's texting me these long texts about how much God loves me, how much God loves me. And he knows my higher power is, you know, the Virgin Mary, and he doesn't care, he's Jewish, you know, whatever. Uh, Whatever.
1: It doesn't matter.
9: And I feel loved by God, and I'm in a stinky 100-degree bus, and I'm having a spiritual experience, and I said to him, is this real? Is this real? I cannot believe this. And I didn't know. I I know now. So when I know better, I do better. I'm sorry, the crumb cakes cannot compete with this. It, I found a solution. I'm hanging on to it. It may be pink cloud. It may not be. But I found a solution that's bigger than my disease. And I ain't going anywhere. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. And thank you. Uh, for facilitating the meeting this morning. And, um, yeah, I'm having this little this pair. Little, I, I feel like I'm just losing it, but in a good way. And this is where I'm at. So it's kind of funny to see the electric words coming up out of the page because I'm thinking, okay, I think I identify with this. And it is such a joy. I'm so grateful. Thank you for letting me share. Mary Lou. Thank
0: you, Mayor. Thank you Mary Lou. Yeah. We have time for one more share before we... Uh close the meeting. Who else would like to share on this paragraph?
8: I have a I have a quick one, Christy.
0: Sure, go ahead, Sharon.
8: This is Sharon. Anything is better than the way you were. And this statement is so important for us today, but you had better hang on to it. Anything is better than the way you were. Oftentimes we can see someone in recovery, we can get a sponsor and that's recovered and been recovered for years and who's a part of a recovery community we can be invited in to to receive that recovery by being accepted as a sponsee and then we begin to look around and see well that group over there all in a way but doing it a little differently maybe that's a better way well i don't like the way my sponsor is i don't think i i don't want to do that i don't and, and so we begin to question and look around and, and 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 in some cases criticize the program of recovery that the particular way of doing things that we've been offered, that's been presented to us. And I say to that, anything is better than the way you were. Just do it because there's that saying about the, the guy who needs help and he's crying out to God and crying out to God and the boat comes and he says go keep going I'm waiting for God and then uh the helicopter comes and nope nope I'm waiting for God and another vehicle another means of of recovery comes and no no I've got to find the perfect way of doing this and and what what Dr. Silkworth told Bill is something has happened to you I don't understand we don't necessarily understand once we get recovery what we do not necessarily understand it but you better hang on to it anything is the better than the way you were that's the statement that that's the place that i had to get to and i accepted the recovery i accepted it accepted what my sponsor said i didn't always understand it but she had recovery and I did what she told me to do, and I got recovery. And it's still with me, and you can get it too. And with that, I pass.
0: Thank you, Sharon. And thank you to everyone who has shared. We will now close with the reading from the Big Book on page 164, followed by the Serenity Prayer. Uh, Sharon, will you please read a vision for you?